Easter. Four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage or doing stuff around the home or even in the garden. you got to love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal wall or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools. Quality tools at DIY prices backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan. Tools built tough. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Life is full of ups and downs. I've found over the last few years, talking to someone, especially a psychologist, has been a really helpful tool for me to make sense of my thoughts. I try to keep it a consistent part of my life because I love being proactive with my mental health. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy provider in the world. BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. If you're busy like everyone else these days, the good news is it's entirely online. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com dill. That's betterhelp.com dill. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dill, D-Y-L. G'day guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week on the pod, Hawthorne Skipper. Skip. James Sicily. Sis. The Sisser. So keen to get this guy on the pod for such a long time. Obviously a figure in the game that um, a lot of people will see and see the, him on field and he's, his character on field. But I was so keen to get him in and unpack what he's like in person. I've played, actually been lucky enough to play golf with him a couple of times. It was a, a bit of golf chat. It was a bit it? of golf chat. He's a great golfer. Um, beautiful swing too. You know how he kicks a ball. It's a bit similar to that. But yeah, it was really cool to get him in. Captain of the Hawks. Obviously, the season hasn't started the way they'd they'd like. The captain of a young team, and he's bullish on you know what they can achieve in in the near future, which was really cool. So, really enjoyed this chat with him. What was your favorite bit? Oh, there's heaps of parts. I think that, that that's really funny is the fact that he is sort of exactly like you'd think, but then nothing like you'd think. Yeah, like, yeah. There's bits and pieces in there where it was just like, oh, that's what I would thought. Then I was like, well, what that? Like when he said he's into DJing, I was like, that is okay. I didn't see that one coming but um yeah now it's really cool to chat to, to people with different outlooks and i just love this one because i didn't you know sometimes when you can get into these chats and you're like oh what's your this and what's your that and he's like no i don't really do that stuff it's mm. like cool that's like that just that's run really his awesome. own race run his own race which is awesome so yeah can't thank you enough for coming on the pod awesome player awesome guy and um yeah really appreciate his time so make sure you check this one out hi fam it's dylan's mum deborah this is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub. This is, you know, you're going well, Brian. Oh, it's special. Get comfortable, be uncomfortable. Mm. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Handing him a sheet of paper with six names and said, Chief, we've got to cut these six blokes. Wow, shut up. I've just been barbed by Stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at him, oh, you saved my life, you saved my life, you saved my life. Thank you, thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. James Sisley, how are you, man? I'm very good. Man, that mic looks good. You're looking hot. It's right in my face. Yeah, it's yeah. looking really good. Welcome to the show, man. This has been a long time in the making. I've wanted to get you in for a long time. Yeah, I'm you're sure. An, you're an elusive man. <laughs> Thanks. Um, we're friends. We are. We yeah, play we, golf. We're mates. Yeah, we do. We play golf together with a mutual friend, Mitchie Lewis, who's just one of the beautiful guys of the world, mm. really. I yeah, love, he is. I love Mitch. He's just such a big, handsome, happy young man. Yeah. No, he's a good fella. He is. Mate, congratulations. Captaincy. Thank you. That's huge. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't really recognize or feel the significance of it until family day on the weekend when everyone was like coming out like, congratulations, that's so awesome, like so happy for you. And I was like, wow, this is a big deal. I didn't really see it though because my initial feelings towards it was like, I've got a job to do and I want to do it well. Yeah. 
And then you got past legends of the club handing out jumpers. And like I found that really intimidating. Like Michael Tuck, who's won seven flags and doesn't really, he's just like meat and three veg, doesn't talk much, but captain the club for a long time and so much history there along with so many good players that were handing out the jumpers that day so yeah it was probably until that day that i realized like well this is a pretty privileged spot to be in yeah no, that actually makes a lot of sense like i think that when you're inside the four walls you sometimes can get all consumed and you, it's just a job to do and it sort of feels yeah. like second nature but to other people out there and like you know the members and even as you said past players yeah that's probably the side of things that you haven't experienced yet. Like, going, fuck, this is huge. Like, you look at some of the past captains of, of Hawthorne that you're yeah. standing with now. Like, it's it's bloody unbelievable. Yeah. It's, I feel like a little bit of an imposter, to be honest, at the moment. Because I've got good relationships with a lot of the past captains at Hawthorne. Yeah. And they're just... They've been great Hawthorne players, so a bit to live up to. Nah, mate, you'll, you'll do it, and I think it's going to be a really exciting time. It's funny, I was chatting to a mate recently, a good friend of mine, Ali, who always gets mentioned in the show. He gives me nuggets <laughs> of wisdom all the time, and he spoke about, we're talking about imposter syndrome, because I always feel like that, like just like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Like, how is this even a thing? <laughs> yeah. And he said that in a way, imposter syndrome could be the most strongest form of gratitude. It's like, you're just so grateful for everything that yeah. you like feel like you're an imposter. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's cool. Anyway, I thought I'd leave that one with you. How did the whole process work with the captaincy? Like, was it a players voting? Yeah, it was. It was a vote in a way without it being official, like a five-four-three-two-one system. We sort of just voted on a set of values that we try to live up to. And if we were to have a leadership group, who would be in it? And everyone sort of jotted down names, and there was no limit on how small it was or how big it was and then that punched out a whole bunch of numbers and yeah I was the one with the most and it was very gratifying and humbling that sort of everyone staff players who put forward their um, leadership groups which which we uh we call a mortgage kuda uh everyone had me in it so that yeah, was wow. um yeah it was pretty humbling what's a mortgage kuda uh it essentially it so mortgage means strong strong or excellent and kuda means like brothers and brotherhood so we sort of tried to get away from leadership group title because felt that it was this real exclusive group that you'd come down after a meeting and there'd be those six guys and it'd be like, oh, what did you just talk about? And it's like, that's not what we want. That's not what we want. I was always wondering that. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't want it to be these six guys who are driving the club forward. Like we want as many people as we can being a good leader, driving what we want to drive. So yeah, essentially this means it's a strong brotherhood and we'll bear the burden of, of results and the challenges along the way as a group of six. But in terms of leading, it's up to all of us. Where is that, where is that concept from? Like is it... What's the... It's a Noongar term that we got from Tyler Brockman, who chatted with an elder while he was back home doing his wow. his training because he had a bit going on, Tyler. He's got twin girls now and he's the only person at the club with kids. So, yeah, and, you know, we got a lot of sort of Indigenous terms that we use uh, at the club, whether it be for our captain's run, which is called a Barajama. Um and then, obviously, Waverley, where we train, is is being renamed Bunjil Bugora. So, it's a bit of a tongue twister with all the words. And but, um, yeah, we've got our head around it. And that's oh, cool. Yeah, huge. One thing I noticed that I loved it was a little bit cheeky, but I really liked it by you was in the. I think it might have been like the AFL, the Fox footy day was in the captaincy jumper, you had the long sleeves on. Yeah. That was a bit of a statement piece. I like that. <laughs> Drop the piece. I really like that. Is that a bit of like changing of the guard? Like, did you have to tick that off with Sam Mitchell? Is he happy with that nah. now? Is that all good? Like, cause like wing guard wears it a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Context of that too, if anyone out there doesn't know, like that was, was it actually forbidden? To, like, I know there's been rumours and whatnot about yeah. being forbidden when Clarko was coached. But- I never saw him say, no one's allowed to wear long sleeves, but I think everyone just 
didn't because they yeah. were too scared of him. <laughs> um, so like, I don't even know if Adidas even made them when they were sponsoring us, but because even they thought like boys can't wear them. Yeah. So we're not going to make them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wore a long sleeve as a junior, so I actually really like the feeling of playing in a long sleeve jumper. Yeah, and I don't have like big muscles and stuff like that, so it makes me feel oh, a little bit more comfortable. Right. Yeah, yeah. Is that so? Like, say when you were playing under Clarko, was it something that you wanted to do, but you just yeah, sort of did? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's incredible. So with Chad, yeah, yeah. I always train like even if it's twenty eight degrees, I'll wear a skin top. Like I always have something on my arms. Yeah, right. Very interesting. What's been the biggest change? Like you look at the group now, and obviously, um, you know, Sam Mitchell's head coach, one of my really good mates, and probably my most one of the most respected people I've met in footy. Kate Simpson's now coaching yeah. the the back line at Hawks as well. What's the um, what's the feel around that now? Like, how is it all going, and how Simo sort of fitted into that mold? Yeah, Simo's been great. I get along with him. We hit it off quite easy. He's a pretty easygoing guy, and he he still gets it. Yeah, even though. He's not in the game, but he's not long out of the game. I think we've got a lot of good people in good places at the moment, staff-wise. The whole setup of the program, it's really designed for a young group to really excel and get the best out of them. So I think that's what's really exciting is that we don't really know how good we can get and how quick we can get, how quickly we can get good, mm. sort of thing. So, I'm yeah, I've got a lot of optimism around what's to come in the future, yeah. It's a big one, isn't it? Like, I, like not speaking out of term, but I think for this year, the, the bar, like, publicly for Hawthorne they'd go it's set low you know it's yeah. like there's a lot of young players coming through yeah there's not a lot of expectation but internally still you've always you're always going to have that right yeah 100% like it's you're always going to go out and try and win every yeah. game like you're not going into a game thinking oh we're going to lose like well at least I don't think that way anyway but yeah there's going to be challenges bumps in the road there's going to be performances where we completely play above expectation and there's going to be weeks that we're like completely below expectation and it's just about managing the, the waves of that and not being it's a good good term or good quote that i like to use it's never as good as bad good as it seems it's never as bad as it seems mm. so riding a balanced wave and trying to be as consistent as we can as a young side and getting games into guys sort of only takes 30 or 40 but until they really feel like they belong at AFL level, I feel. Yeah, definitely. And you can see some of those young guys now, like CJ and Warpool, who's someone that I think has been slept on for a couple of years. Like, yeah. he's been a little bit quieter than he was in his first year, but I think he can seriously be one of the best midfielders in the game. Nick um, as well. Will Day gets his body right. And there's yeah. so many good young players yeah. that are coming through at the moment. Yeah, no, I feel that way. And even the last two drafts that we've, the crop of kids that we've got are really talented. Mm. And as soon as they feel like they're ready for AFL and feel like they belong and they can really perform, then we'll get another wave of good good players. Yeah, well, look at Josh Ward as well. I've got a, a very big um, very big soft spot for him. He's a, he's a Fitzroy Junior Footy Club boy too, so yeah. I always look out for our own. But I love him, man. He's such a tough, tough bastard. Like, he is. He's, he's, he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, he's got an incredible work rate too. Mm. He's pretty smart. I think he's got a 99 ATAR or something. Yeah. Okay. It's funny though, like those people with 99 ATARs, Sometimes the things that they should know, they don't know. Yeah, yeah. They're like dumb they smart. Have, yeah, yeah. They just don't have the street smarts. Yeah, yeah. Well, my my <laughs> missus, my wife, she like had, I think she got like a 97.5% yeah. like ATAR, like just ridiculously mm. smart. But when it comes to street smarts, man, like she would, she nearly walks in front of like four oncoming cars like <laughs> all the time. So, I definitely agree. I got, I got a 54. What did you get? Uh, 48. So oh, 48. Yeah, I can tutor you. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> hey, take us back um, to when you were a young man, speaking of a little bit young boys. You were drafted in 2013. You were like a pick 56? Yeah, yeah. 
bit of a like that's a quite a low pick. Yeah, no. To be honest, that was probably a reflect. I was probably at that level. Yeah, really. So yeah. Did you agree with what yeah. the term was? Like, what, yeah. what do you think let you sort of go down that low? Oh, I was pretty green, pretty raw. Didn't really know a whole lot to be honest about life and even professionalism and what it took. Went through some talent pathways as a kid, but not really any sort of elite ones until I was 17. Yeah, so um, it wasn't really like on the radar always for you to be picked up? Nah, not really. It was only probably the back half of my bottom age year in Cart where I was like, oh, I probably got a chance at this. Yeah, right. And then you get invited to like Vic Metro and stuff like that. And then you get uh, sort of experience around, oh, not so much experience, but exposure to other guys and how good they are. And you're like, well, I'm a bit off these guys. So it sort of motivates you a little bit more. Um, and then you ho- learn a whole lot more about the game as well. Mm. I was, we went through, we love like for us, you know, we, we love going through the drafts and Sammy and Dars are, are big on this. And we went back to that draft. So I know yeah. you know, you're a very humble man. I'm not going to get you to, to say this at all. But if you look back at that top 10 that year, I'm sure you would know. Tom Boyd, number one. Yeah. Do you think you're better than him? <laughs> oh, I think he's richer than me. Okay. <laughs> Josh Kelly? No. Jack Billings? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Devont? No. Kate Cole Jasney? Uh, he was good. He was good. He's very good player. Yeah. yeah. But he's not playing anymore. Matty Scharenberg, obviously, unfortunately. He was good he, too. He was an absolute star. Yeah. He had terrible injuries. Yeah. James Aish was at pick eight. Yeah. Christian Salem, pick nine. He's pretty good. He's good. And... Nathan Freeman was pick 10. Again, absolute star play, but had yeah. some terrible injuries. Yeah. Um, Paddy Cripps picked 13, so he's in there as well. It's a weird one though, man, because you go down to pick 50 in that in that draft around you. So, pick 52, 51 was Nick Holman, who's still at the Gold Coast Suns, a good friend of mine. Yeah. Darcy Byrne-Jones was yeah. pick 52. Yeah. yeah. All Australian. Um, Orazio Fantasia, 55. Yeah. Yourself, 56. Jaden Hunt, 57. Jonathan Segler. Segs. Yeah. So, there's some really Carl good Amon players is- that are sort of Carl come Am- down. Carl Amon is the last pick in that draft. Carl Amon. And they've got Tom Langdon as well. Yeah. Uh, Matty Tabernar, Will Langford, who were some bloody good players for... Yeah. Anyway, so I thought you'd be interested in that. If that um, tickles your fancy, that was pretty cool. I thought going back. First year at Hawks, obviously mm. coming into that team. Yeah. Third round pick, fourth round pick? Fourth, Fourth yeah. round pick. What were the expectations of coming to the team when you that's nearly in the twilight of the essence of like success at yeah. Hawks? Yeah. Oh, it was very daunting and confronting. Like, I'd never been overseas before and I got drafted and two weeks later we were on a pre-season camp in South Africa and I was rooming with Ruffy and I was like, oh, God. So, that was pretty <laughs> confronting. How were you going away from home? Because like, when I first got drafted, <laughs> I was like scared to stay away from home. Like, right. still. I used to go home every day off, Yeah, back to Melton an hour with all my washing, give it to mum. Yeah. <laughs> still do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, it probably is was the best place for me to develop like I needed some time to learn what it took to be an AFL player I always feel for some guys that go for to different clubs where it's just like you're expected to swim straight away and if you don't then you're out so being able to play Box Hill for three years learn and not be like chucked in the deep end straight away I think I think my career would have turned out a lot differently if I was somewhere else. It's really interesting that you've got that perspective because you've had it from from that way because I've always felt, you know, pretty similar about teams. Like you look at guys who get drafted and it's all well and good to go to a maybe a low pick team and you play straight away. Yeah. But also if you go to a good team and you've got incredible support and leadership around you that want and mm. sort of have to do that apprenticeship and you're learning from the best, it actually just makes you probably ready for a more sustained career rather yeah. than success straight away than a bit of a drop off. Yeah, 100%. And usually in that environment, once you earn your spot, you're, you're sort of in the team. You're mm. not getting dropped. 
you're not playing like in and out of the side the whole time. Like once I sort of cracked in, like that was my spot now. I was comfortable and like thought that I was ready to play because I'd done an apprenticeship. Early days, who were, what were some of the things you had to improve on and who were some of the players that helped you along that path the most, you reckon? Well, I needed to put on weight and I needed to get fitter. Like combine testing. So I you're have, sort of like a skinny fat sort yeah, of operator. I still am a little bit of yeah. that. <laughs> Like I would have the worst physical profile like from draft camp. Like, Tom Brady sort of set up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how I somehow finished like third in the twenty meter sprint. I reckon it must have been my hand or something. Like yeah. I extended and like <laughs> broke the barrier of the twenty meter sprint because I'm not that. I think I got like a two point eight three, and I'm like I'm not that wow. far. I'm not that fast. So maybe that got me drafted. But who were like some of the guys? Well, I was playing forward at the time. I got drafted as a forward. Mm. So in terms of taking you under your wing, I, know, I can't really remember, but. You sort of just watch Ruff, Gunners, Luke Bruce, Cyril. You're, you're watching them train and it's the best way to learn. Mm. Yeah. Not even so. It's, yeah, it's, you're right. It's not even so much taking you under the wing. It's just being around yeah. those sort of people and knowing yeah. what the level is that you have to get to. Yeah. Is there, What surprised you the most? Do you remember anything that surprised you the most about getting there? The hours. Like, you probably feel the same way. Like, you get... In your first year, you you train and you get home and you sleep. Yeah, and you then sleep you, and you eat and then you go back to sleep and you do it all again. It just feels like it was like so so long ago and it's just a blur. But literally, just adapting and getting used to feeling sore and your body changing and adapting to training loads. Yeah, it took a bit. You um. I suppose, and this is a question, I have no idea how it all transpired, but like three years in and out of the VFL, breaking into the team. Then when you get into the AFL, there's, we had Braden Maynard in a couple of weeks ago, mm. and I see nearly somewhat of a similarity in terms of on-field persona, physical, likes getting in opposition's faces, does anything for the team, these sorts of things, very emotional sort of players. Yeah. How's that been for you? Like, well, how do you track the perception of who you are off the field versus who you are on it? And do you think that they're similar people? No, they're definitely not similar people. I'm still quite off field. If I have an opinion and like I'll share it and be sometimes not insensitive, but like that's just how I am. Like I'll just sort of say how it is. But in terms of physical and that side of things, I'm not that at all off field. Like I'm pretty easygoing and laid back. Not real. Not really much phases me. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Something happens when you. I think it's just the pressure and the expectation that you put on yourself and to perform and wanting to win. And sometimes it just, yeah, well, definitely puts me in a frame of mind. And it sort of is the frame of mind that I need to be in to play well, I feel. Is there been a time, I suppose, like when, because I think like for young players like coming through and you get advice from say like coaches or anything to like try and harness that energy or people pull you aside being like, is this actually getting to your best or are you getting distracted? Yeah. You've had to go, no, no, like this is actually what's best for me now. Like, has there been a period that you've had to like actually work on? There's been so much learning and self-discovery and stuff like that, like harnessing it in the right way, like- early days it was hindering myself and the team and everyone had the shits of me and i remember, I remember coming out of the carlin game the jay lamb game and like you walk in on a monday and i'm like fuck my teammates hate me today i wonder why and you're like well probably because you gave away eight or nine free kicks and we lost the game and it was because of you that wasn't the feedback i got but that's the feedback that i, I felt that you felt yeah. yeah so then just learning about doing it in the right way but yeah i think i've got a good grasp on it now did anyone have a conversation with you after that or was it just like yeah it was funny clarko has had a big influence on my career and the, the times where i thought that he would yell at me and scream at me he'd actually give me a cuddle and the times where I thought he'd give me a cuddle, he would like <laughs> spray me. So I don't know, he had a good balance, and yeah, I think he's he's been a a, a big influence. What on, would he say um, if you don't mind? Like, does he take us into a convo that he would 
Oh, I wouldn't. I, I can't recall any specific word like com- conversations, but you're sort of like you'd go into the office f- expecting a bake, and he'd somehow sort of build you up and sort of make make you feel like it's going to be all right. Like we'll get yeah. through this. Like just think about this, think about that, and yeah, almost build you back up, and you come out of it feeling like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like sort of thing. But no, I can't remember any specific conversations. You hear Sorry. that a lot from people that have been sort of at that era, like the fact that he can not only give you a bait, but be sort of a, that like confidant. In mm. you. He sort of just knows how to read people, which, yeah, yeah. which is evident. Yeah. What's the difference between him and Sam Mitchell? Well, a different sort of philosophy on the game. Clarko's very de- defensive, wants a lot of structure. Um, and Sam's sort of the opposite, wants to score a little bit more empowering wants you to show a bit more personality and take the game on. Um, so, yeah, one's attacking, one's defensive-minded. Yeah, right. So, for you, for a player that's got good skills and wants to take the game on, yeah, you've sort of got like a license to, to do that? Um, yeah, but I feel like I still had enough confidence in myself to do that under Clarko. Yeah, but you just had to know, make sure you did it. Yeah, you just had to execute it. Yeah, because yeah, if you didn't, then... You'd be in trouble. Yeah, no doubt. Young guys at the Hawks, who excites you the most? Yeah, well, we've got a, we've got a few now. <laughs> it's a pretty young list. Mm. For the guys that have sort of played some AFL, shown, had some good games. So, like, Will Day is obviously an exciting one and would like to get his body right. Lockie Bramble is someone who's probably got a lot of attributes that can make him a really good AFL player. And then Joshy Ward, Cam McKenzie's come in off this year's draft and it's pretty much nearly in the starting midfield and would probably would be the best kick in there. So he's pretty exciting. He's, you know, you just get guys like, oh yeah, he's going to play 200 games. He just gets it. Joshy Weddle's got some exciting things um, and even Henry Husswaite with our third pick, very clean, not really phased by pressure. Like, it seems like he's got a lot of time. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a there's a group of like eight or nine young guys that you could see playing a lot of footy. Are you surprised at like how young guys now coming to the club, They f- do they feel like a lot more ready than what you might have been at that stage? Yeah, I think that is a reflection of where they – like we haven't had draft picks for ages. Yeah. So we never had access to those kids that have True. been through elite pathways since they were 12, 13. So they come in and they get it straight away. They know like they've got the professionalism. They're eager to learn. Their bodies are in a pretty good spot like not too much needed. They're always really fit. So, yeah, I think it's, we just never had access. We didn't have access to those sort of kids because we trade them out, trade our trade picks for players. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you like? like? Before you're saying you're pretty like chill, off-field sort of guy, Do you are you one to sort of really work at your game off-field or are you one to sort of let your training just do the talking and, and do it? Like, um, do you do anything else outside of the game? Like at the moment, the way the, the game's going is like you're seeing – Christian Petrarca doing like UFC grappling, you know, Tom yeah. Mitchell's one to be doing a lot of things and putting it on social media like that. Is it something that you're into or do you like to just do your work at the club? And No, I like to do my work at the club and I, I do like to review games quite tactically. And, yeah. Um, so always, you're a big vision guy? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much on who I'm playing that week, but definitely in like positioning. Like I'm always looking at my positioning and whether it's good enough or I could have done that to stop this. And Is that for like intercepts? Or yeah, intercepts yeah. or just general defensive shape. Yeah, I like that side of things. I think you can get a 
it gives me a lot of confidence sort of reviewing that stuff and then implementing it and it just saves you running a lot more to be honest yeah <laughs> saves, saves the engine yeah i'd like to play third tall um but that's dependent on um how some of the younger keybacks come on um because you don't want to chuck them in the defense and just no, lose don't. confidence so in an ideal world i'd like to play third tall but no doubt sometime most of the year i'll probably have to play second you like that Easter, four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage or doing stuff around the home or even in the garden. You've got to love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal wall or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools, quality tools at DIY prices backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan, tools built tough. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Life is full of ups and downs. I've found over the last few years, talking to someone, especially a psychologist, has been a really helpful tool for me to make sense of my thoughts. I try to keep it a consistent part of my life because I love being proactive with my mental health. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy provider in the world. BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. If you're busy like everyone else these days, the good news is it's entirely online. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dill. That's betterhelp.com slash dill. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dill, D-Y-L. <laughs> what do you like off the field? What's James Sisley doing at the moment? I know you play a lot of golf. You're, yeah. you're getting there with your swing. It's not quite as good as mine, but it's, <laughs> it's looking quite pretty. You've recently engaged? Yeah, recently engaged. Yeah, not too much has changed there. The rela- you, relationship's you, the same. What do you like around the house? Oh, I'm not that domesticated, but that's why I got a fiance who's very domesticated. And <laughs> I, This is the only... Like, I didn't even actually ask for anything from anyone, but once people heard that yeah. you were coming on the show, they wanted me to say quickly if you even knew how to do anything around the house. Yeah, well, I've... This is not a philosophy that I will take into leadership. But yeah. I don't plan on doing this, but I always... If someone asks me to do something, and I, it's not that important, like big picture, it's not that important. Yeah. I will do a shit job so they never ask me to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's your philosophy with the house, right? Yeah. Like, if Em tells me to clean up, I'll do it. I'll clean up, but it won't be a great clean up. So, <laughs> she'll still she'll a- still have to clean it up and then she'll never ask me if she'll just do it. So, that's over four years. So, well, no, it's longer. We've been together for nine years. So, yeah. So, you've just really, like you've over really time, put in the work Over there. time, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. set some really low standards. So, anything you do is good. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I-, if I Did do if the dishes one day. she gets home from a long day of work and the house is spotless, like- she would come home in the best mood <laughs> once she sees that. <laughs> yeah, like, that would make her day. Partner. That's fantastic. <laughs> With the, the off-field stuff too, you're a music man. Yeah, I you do like- You love your music. I do like music, yeah. What, uh, when did this start? Has this always been I've a always thing? liked it. Yeah. Are we talking no. like, with, like Fred again, again, again? Oh, we- yeah. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. But he was making music like four years ago, the yeah, same okay. music. And now everyone's on him and he's loving him, which is good for him. Yeah. But I feel like he'll just- become commercial and then phase out yeah in my expert opinion so you're <laughs> into you're into the sort of house music is that yeah tech house so i like all sorts of like edm music i yeah. just go through phases where it's 80s disco and then it's groovy what do you use like vinyls or you got like nah, DJ? Not vinyls no nah, i i do have some decks i do i only just recently like two months ago because i always play music like if it's in the gym at the club we cj and i sort of rotate through 
um, in the car, like don't really listen to the radio. It's always my own music. And I love just putting together playlists. Yeah. So I'm like, why don't I just learn how to DJ and not so much the technical stuff and like yeah. the special effects, but just mix the music. So that's been a bit of a hobby last uh yeah, two or three months. Ben Stratton was a good DJ, wasn't he? He used to actually get on the decks at like yeah. club functions. Yeah, he did. Yeah, CJ's done the same. I'd like to be comfortable to get that to that level. I think I'm nearly there. But is this it, something the boys know about or is it like a no, hidden I'll thing at the moment? No, I probably let him in on this like the last, ever since I bought some decks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that's really picked up the game in the DJ set. Yeah. Interesting. It's pretty cool. The Wolf, uh, Sammy, producer Sam, he's a big DJ guy as well. Yeah. You guys should link up and- Teach, teach me, a, teach me a few things. Yeah, wicker wicker. No, I won't be doing any commercial stuff. I'll just be house. Yeah, he's a bit just, of a, just at home, just doing my own thing. Yeah, <laughs> Sam's more of a commercial guy. He's sort of like real yeah. Nova Top One Hundred type operator. Yeah. yeah, so he's he's really into that. So it might not it might not work. Hey, um, <laughs> do you think you've been snubbed a bit with the All Australian? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It's so good. Seems to be everyone else's opinion. Do you set your goals and i think be honest with this do you set goals like there's everyone wants to win a premiership that's so true yeah but i had Lockie neal on i think it was a, few, a couple of years ago and he said like as much as i have team goals like i also have personal goals like i yeah. want to make all australian i want to do this because if you do that your team's going to go well too yeah i always had it's, it was i always had a goal it was probably a bit hard to measure it wasn't very tangible it was just, i want to be the top three defenders in the league mm. for the year and it's really based on feel like you know if you're not, and you know if you if you're on the border of it. But I couldn't measure it, so I, I'm like I'm not a big goal setting guy, and I not although I am sort of changing because the young group are very ambitious and want to set the bar so high, and I'm like, so that's been a little bit different and challenged my thinking, and I found, in a way I found it quite motivating. Um, but yeah, goal setting is not something that I've really been into in the past. Who does your stuff? At the Hawks, like who runs your like mind mindfulness or like leadership coach style stuff? Who, is it, do you have a specific psych or anything like that at the moment? Um, yeah, we have the club the club psych Andy, and then we got another coach Adrian Hickmont, who's very, Adrian Hickmont. Yeah, man, he was one of my favorite players of all time. Really, back in the day, like hard I don't know, na- so- hard as nails, Carlton player. I think he used to wear number. Nine, yeah, maybe but I don't know. He used to wear like an arm guard because he had like I think he like <laughs> prayed with like a broken arm. Yeah, I fucking loved him. He's pretty crazy, and he does a lot of stuff. Mate, he's well intact with his mind, body, and Is spirit, he really? which you wouldn't think being oh my this God. tough. He was hard. As, he was hard as hard as nails. <laughs> yeah. So he runs through the stuff at the club. Yeah, he does. Yeah. What sort of stuff? Well, he runs like the mindfulness meditation visualization sort of stuff yeah yeah right yeah do you implement that day to day or is it just when you're at the club yeah we do it day to day yeah personally though is it something you like i don't know i'm a bit like being present is not a strength of mine okay like, i'm always thinking about something else <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like you're, you're minding something so, <laughs> when we're closing my eyes i'm just pretending to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i'm thinking about something else <laughs> it's sort of a funny one like yeah. with that stuff i must say when i played footy as you have such great access to that and you only sort of can be ready like enjoy it when you are ready to be enjoying it, if that makes sense yeah. like, you, you'll probably in like when you finish look back and go fuck now i enjoy it but at the time it's like a bit of a job to do it yeah yeah i don't know it's strange um <laughs> talk us through your uh golf trip at the end of the year where'd you go who'd you go with and and how's that come about because i think the Hawthorne golf trips are some of the best yeah. golf trips in the world. You, is that, how many times have you been on them now? Uh, since 2017. I think five. We missed a year. Yeah. 
I won't give too much away, but essentially we go. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, we play so a course in South Carolina called Sage Valley. Yep, um, which is up there with one of the best. It's pr- yeah, it's pretty. I think I don't think they don't play any tournaments there, but I think they play a lot of amateur tournaments there, yeah. and it's got a, a, an Augusta feel. Wow. The story behind it is the the guy who built it tried to become a member at at Augusta, and they knocked him back. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm building my own Augusta." <laughs> So, so it's in South Carolina, Aiken, and essentially this guy, as far as you can see in Aiken, he owns all of it. Wow. He's a pretty rich man, but yeah, there's a, one of our friends, Stuart Giles, is a member there. So, there's a group of, I think last year was, the last trip we went on was 10. It was a bit of a funny time. We went in November because his son had, was had exams and he just turned 18 and he was keen to come. So, we, we, we shifted it back a month so he could come. <laughs> it's usually in, in October, so we could get. Yeah, that's usually the time of it. So we've had like 16 to 18 people come. Unbelievable. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Who are some of the best golfers at the club? You've got a fair few, don't you? Like Mitchell yeah. Lewis. Yeah, Luke Bruce is good. He's off. Oh, he's actually drifting. He's in a bit of a bad spot, Luke, okay. which I'm not too bad. Like, I'm happy to see it. Yes. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that always gets the rub of the green. Like, if he hits it. He seems like the luckiest he, person yeah, ever. He is. Like, he is. And it shits you to tears. But yeah, a lot of the older guys that ha- are gone now or are different clubs are good golfers. So Gunners is pretty handy. And now there's this young group of guys come that are really um, taking the game up and, and enjoying it. But they're sort of off like 18 to 24. So nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at yeah. all. That's real more greens territory, so they're more than welcome <laughs> to, to come into ours. Yeah. Goals for the year. I know you said you don't have any, but what's yeah. sort of a pass mark for you personally? What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? Yeah, well, it's not something I've really thought about. At the moment, all my goal at the moment is just to be a good leader. Yeah. What and- are you going to – this is such a fucking broad question when it comes to leadership. But, like, have you actually thought about that? Like, they say, you know, when you become a leader, you don't change anything. But yeah. there's got to be some parts of it that do change, isn't there? I think sort of I've sort of just tried to adopt a little bit of a mindset as to someone's watching me yeah. at all times. Yeah. So, I have to be the best example of what we're doing at all times. And I think that will hold me in sort of good stead because I'm quite quite accountable. It keeps me even more accountable. And sometimes I'm not really a self-starter and probably need a little bit more of a group buy-in to get motivated. Mm. It's going to be interesting. It is. And there's obviously, it's a young team too. So, there's mm. going to be a lot of eyes looking at what you can do, but I yeah. think you said it earlier around the philosophy of what Hawthorne have around um, it being a brotherhood and not yeah. just being one group, but yeah. a, collective, a collective sort of thing. Yeah, I definitely do feel well supported and it's not my job alone yeah. to lead. You've got a lot of young guys that have got some good leadership traits and are really keen to exploit explore that and lead the team in their own way what what do you think your a1 is is it on field assuming on field you that's where you're yeah. it, like leading by example yeah i think so reading the game well and then just yeah. being able to put it quite simply to yeah. someone like this is what's happening and just do this i think something that i've learned over the last couple of years is treating people the way that they want to be treated because if i treated people the way i wanted to be treated like that wouldn't go because i like to be like yelled out told what to do if i'm doing a shit job tell me like right away and I'll fix it. Whereas some people need some, some people need building up. They need positive re- affirmation, yeah. reinforcement. Like it's okay, you can you, you can do this. Yeah. And for someone like you that hasn't that doesn't necessarily like have that, has that been hard to adapt? Um, yeah, it has. Because in some ways, I'm not the most empathetic person, and mm. it can be. I think that's really cool that you can actually yeah. admit that. Like I I feel like until this year was the first time I like ever had empathy over anyone. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the last two years because I just. 
struggled to see it I yeah just like, yeah it was really weird yeah it is weird like things that affect me that can be quite well i don't care that doesn't affect me but then that can affect someone really deep down yeah and and like, like some people overthink so yeah having empathy and uh, maury's got a good quote be curious not judgmental so shout out to maury it's not a bad one is that yeah. dylan moore dylan moore yeah just yeah. to give you that advice did he no, he didn't. Not, not. But I've seen it in his locker. Yeah, right. To finish, to finish Sucked. up for for the real nuffies out there. Talk us through your handicap at the moment. Yeah. Where you're at, where you want to get to. Yeah. And then just talk us through a little bit of what's in the bag because for someone out there that really knows their golf, you've probably got one of the most. Uh, <laughs> how do I say this? Elusive golf bags. It's pretty impressive what sort of clubs you've got rolling in there. Yeah. I uh. So I'm at eight at the moment. So you've really, you were at like 16 three yeah. months ago. No, I was at like, th- yeah, like my GA was 13. 13. And then come good over the summer and it's down to like 8.3 or something. Uh, what's in the bag? Yeah, so I've become good friends with um, Jeff at Pure Form, which is at the old MGA, oh, the okay. old TaylorMade at MGA. Yep. And I'm a bit of a sucker for tech and <laughs> seeing numbers and like performance. So... The Woods, uh, they're tailor-made, uh, not tailor-made, Titleist Woods yep. with a driver, three wood and two iron. And then they've got some PS- TSI what? TSI twos. And then four to pitching wedge are PXGs. Which is, a, it's quite a hard even to get your hands on those irons. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff can get hold of them though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeff's Jeff. very, just very well, very well sourced and good networker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're they're quite pricey, but got a good deal on it. Jeff looked after me, and then uh, so Mura wedges, which are these Jap- like Japanese, they're Japanese. like samurais, mate. They're amazing feel, like just butter. These know. are like P- these are like some PGA players don't even have them. Nah, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know what well, they probably do, but they're re-stamped with something else. Yeah, and what putter? No, nah, I've got a few putters because it's always the putter's fault mm-hmm. if you're not putting well. So I've got a Scotty Cameron in the bag at the moment, but I'd been putting with an even roll for quite a while, but just switched it up because it just wasn't wasn't working. Yeah, right. Yeah, what's in your bag? What's in my bag? Well, it's a, we're actually in contract negotiations at the wow. moment. Yeah, so we're in a bit of a, in a bit of a stage. But I've it's exciting. I've, yeah, yeah. I've got um, traditionally I had some uh, Callaway Apex DCB irons, mm. but uh, I've got some friends at TaylorMade now. Right. So Benji P seven nineties. Benji, you man? Uh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Got the P seven nineties and um, you got the speed foam in it. Don't they? I don't know what they have in them, but they're uh, they're hard to hit. Yeah, they're they're very. Uh, it was funny because I actually had got a mate let me borrow the P seven seventies, which for anyone out there, they're <laughs> like going into a bit more of like a blade. Yeah, and I did not make contact with one of them. Um, but yeah, no, I love TaylorMade was the first golf clubs I ever had. Yeah, so I've sort of got a good connection. I've really just nice connection with them, and mm. also not that it makes. I don't even know. This is so embarrassing even talking about it, but. When I watch golf, like I really love, obviously Tiger Woods, I love Scotty Scheffler. Um, yeah. I don't love Rick uh, McElroy as much anymore, just because of all the the live stuff and whatnot. Yeah. But the combination of wearing full Nike kit with TaylorMade clubs mm, just doesn't feel right. Just really feels right for me. Oh, it does. Feel yeah, right. it feels really good. It feels really good. Yeah, okay. It doesn't improve anything to do with the game, but it feels yeah. it feels right. Look good, feel good, play good. Well, that's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been watching Full Swing? I have. What do you think? I loved it. What was your favourite episode? 
Ah, uh, the guy that's just happy to be 70th. Yeah, John, John uh, Damon. John, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff yeah, mate. I keep saying Jeffrey Dharma. It's John, John, John <laughs> Dharma or something like that. Yeah. yeah, he's cool, hey. Yeah, but you know what's crazy about that is he's like, I'm just happy to be seventieth. He still wins like six hundred thousand bucks. Yeah, I know. Like, and when he had to shoot five under to make the U.S. Open or whatever, so he just had a couple of seltzers and then ends at up, half time and ends up like leading the U.S. Open. My Joel Darman, that's him. The, yeah. One of the best parts about that was when, um, I reckon when he was in that episode. He like made the cut, and then at the table, there's like Morikawa, yeah. Ram, and McElroy, yeah. and they're just like sitting around. And he walks in and just starts talking to them, and then they're like in the background. He's starting to fit in now with the guy, and then he just walks off. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, it was so cool. He's just like hanging out with them, and he's just yeah. like, no, nah, I don't want to hang out with these guys. <laughs> um, I was actually in that, you know. Really? Last episode, Sam and I, we when we went over to Scotland, we we're in the oh, press conference right. with um, with Cam one. yeah, when Cam won. But I love that whole thing. Like I'm watching. You look so nervous when you when you like uh, asked a question. Man, so I'm not joking, bro. Like we were there. <laughs> that was going because in the press conference it went worldwide. Yeah, and every speaker nearly like one was an Irish accent, one was an English accent, one was like a Japanese accent, one was mm. not an accent, one was language. And so there's all like different languages and stuff. So you're going. Yeah. This is not going here. I was sitting down and I could see. My heart, like coming out of my mm. chest, um, and I was just like, "Oh, I just don't want to fuck this up because it yeah. could be all over everything." <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a hectic time. Um, cool experience though. Watching it. Lastly, just on full swing, do you watch Drive to Survive? Yeah, I'm on yeah. the new season at the moment. Yeah, same. You enjoying that? It's great. Oh, it's the best, man. Yeah, Matt. See, the the AFO one just didn't do as good for some reason. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think they show a little bit more personality. Yeah, because AFL, you you can't do much, man. You can't, well. You're relying on too many others to be this big personality. Yeah. Like you're not like you can be a really good player, but you need other players to play. Singular well. single athletes are a bit more yeah. they can do what they, they, can they get want away to do. Too. Um the whole thing are at the moment around Oscar Piastri. Oh, yeah. that was a I don't know Oscar well. Yeah. Obviously, but no, what did real, you think? no real moral compass there from yeah, Oscar. Did you, oh, I, Especially I, if someone like they say they invested four or five million in him, I'm sure you'd feel obliged to at least race for one year. Well, I don't know what the story was though. There's there's always three sides to every story. Mm. It's Oscar's side, Alpine side, and the truth somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there, but it was really interesting how they said that he's going to race, and they just hadn't even put the contract in front of him. Yeah. But it was cool how he's taken sort of not cool, but it's interesting how he's taken Ricardo's spot. Yeah. Aussie for Aussie. Ricardo's now going to Red Bull. I think yeah. he's like a backup driver. And then the other guy took the um, Alpine. Yeah. I'm not into that yet. No, okay. That Sorry far. about that. I think I've just ruined it's it. Com- it's coming though. Yeah. It's coming. Is anything, um, <laughs> do you watch anything else? Uh, that's what I've been watching recently, Full Swing and uh, Drive to Survive. Everyone keeps telling me to watch The Last of Us. So. Yeah, I've, I've been watching that too. Mate, get into that. That's really yeah. cool. Have you played the video game? No. No, which is neither. surprising. I'm a bit of a gamer. Yeah, right. I don't I don't game, but everyone keeps asking me if I've, I've watched it. I haven't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get into Last of Us. It's really good. Yeah. Really good. Let's tee that game up soon, man. Thank you for coming in today. I really do appreciate it. I think we could yeah. all... Uh, I think we're really excited for this year. We are talking about it on the way in before you came in, but I think it's going to surprise a few people. I'm pumped that you've got the, the job of Skip and Thanks. really excited to see what um what happens in 2023 for you and the, and the team, man. But I honestly can't thank you enough for coming in. I know you are, you're a busy boy. Mm. And um, Only the but, last month has been a bit busy. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine. Well, things are going to change now, man. You know, you're going to get married soon. You're going to be the captain. You're going to be doing press conferences every week. Yeah, it's heavy. It's going to be. It's <laughs> going to be some big, um, some big changes in your life. But I'm excited for it. Thanks, mate. See you on the course soon. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producer.com. Thanks for tuning in, IllyXX. Easter. Four days of outdoor adventures, work in the garage or doing stuff around the home or even in the garden. you got to love that. Bring on the jobs and pile them up. 101 long weekend jobs ready to tackle. You could be in the outdoors, putting your four-wheel drive to the test, tearing down an internal wall or maybe putting a new one up, or even repurposing an old wine barrel for an outdoor table. Whatever the task over Easter, Trojan Tools are up for the job. Trojan Tools. Quality tools at DIY prices backed by a lifetime warranty. Available in store or online at Bunnings Warehouse. Trojan. Tools built tough.